Welcome to the Give to Profit podcast, the podcast that inspires business owners, entrepreneurs and leaders to turn their business into a profitable force for good. During our weekly episodes, you'll hear business leaders and entrepreneurs share how they put social impact at the heart of their business and the many benefits that come from doing this. You can find full show notes for today's show and additional resources at givetoprofit.com. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, where it would also be great if you could leave us a rating and review. For every review this month, we'll be sponsoring a child to go to school for a day in Cambodia. And so now, here's your host, business mentor, speaker and author, Alison McKenzie. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Give to Profit podcast show. This is your host, Alison McKenzie, and it's great to be here again with you today. Thanks for tuning in. Today, I am having a conversation with someone I met earlier this year at a Business for Good conference, and I knew from seeing him on stage, from speaking to him, and then obviously checking him out, that I really wanted to interview him for the show. So today, I'm going to be interviewing Tim Wade, who is an award-winning speaker, trainer, leadership specialist, and as worked with thousands of companies around the world. He's an Australian citizen who was born and raised in Malaysia and currently lives in Singapore. He has a degree in psychology and over 19 years of operational leadership and consulting experience across Australia and Asia. He's known for delivering entertaining, dynamic, energetic, engaging and interactive presentations with authenticity and humour that connects audiences and delivers results. And having seen him in action as a speaker, facilitator, an extremely entertaining auctioneer, I can definitely attest to that. He also has a huge heart and is a great advocate for supporting causes through his business, which is why I've asked him to be a guest on the show today. So welcome, Tim. Thank you. It's nice to be here. I have one tiny, eeny weeny correction. I haven't actually spoken to thousands of businesses. I think that was in there, but there were certainly thousands of people with all a bunch of businesses. But yeah, thank you for that excellent introduction. <laughs> Maybe I'm just taking you into the future. Ah, you are. Okay, good. Wow. Definitely. definitely. That's what's ahead that for you, like clearly, Tim. Yes, definitely. So, <laughs> as I, oh, no, it's my pleasure. Just thank you for being here. And, and as I always like to start these conversations off by just inviting my guests to share their journey in terms of how you have come to be doing what you're doing today. Would you like to just share that with the audience? Sure. So I grew up in Asia. I was born in Malaysia. I grew up here for the first 12 years of my life before heading out to Australia. I was exported to Australia at about the age of 13. And Went to boarding school in Melbourne, then university in Queensland, studied psychology and a bit of business there, then went into the volunteer work for a counseling hotline. And I also did some volunteer work on a radio station for blind people, which was run by a blind person. And our job in that particular radio station actually was to read the newspaper and read magazines without any sort of editorial commentary. We just read it so that the listener it would be the same as if they'd just read it themselves. But of course they can't because they're blind. And then I went into corporate, started in personnel recruitment and then went into major corporate where I started at the front line, then became team leader, then working in reporting areas, finance areas, marketing areas, operational manager at a, of about 70 people, then 300 people, then the international VP for international operations. 
and looking at mergers and acquisitions before going into the consulting world and starting to consult that movement from Australia to Hong Kong, where I was then consulting all around the region, the Asia region in particular. And one of my clients was a bank in Singapore during that consulting gig. And then I moved from Hong Kong to Singapore to continue that work with the bank. And then I worked with, so my company, I had that, when I went into the consulting world, I had a company in Australia, moved that to Hong Kong while working for the other consulting firm and then moved my company to Singapore as well after working with the bank. And the bank then became my first customer, which is an excellent first customer to have. It gives you a lot of social proof and authority there. And then I came out and started running my business. And my business now is very much about me speaking in front of audiences. So I do global conferences, speak at at conferences around the world, and I do uh, corporate training programs. So mostly corporate, so mostly B2B, where I'm working with a single corporate, their group of people, but sometimes they invite their customers in or other groups. And I've got some online programs as well. So that's my businessy part, I guess. I live in Singapore now. I'm married to Lydia. We have a little two-year-old daughter. I left that very late. But never mind. Two-year-old daughter, Zoe. And we have a couple of different arms of our business. So while my core deliverable, I guess, is the front man on stage guy, whether it's in keynotes or training or on camera. We also got a studios arm to our business and we've got our foundation side to the business and we're sort of planning and growing the adventures part of the business. Yeah. So that's pretty much what I do. I think that's the history. Yeah. So when you set up, I mean, that's been quite, that has been an incredible journey, not just in terms of what you've done, but traveling as well. When you set up the business, I know that now you do an awful lot of giving and things. I know we had a conversation before we hit record about the motivations for setting up in business and how your experiences of giving and social impact has evolved. Could you Mm. share a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, I didn't set up my business to be a giving organization or to give to be this charitable thing or whatever it is. Um, I personally, as my values, I think were developing as well. And when I talk about my values developing, I guess our values do sort of form and mold over time. Mine was, well, you know, I don't mind giving to a couple of people. Somebody's asking for something or there's some Red Cross thing or there's a disaster somewhere and somebody's campaigning for something. Actually, when I think about it, you know, for a while, I was always, even when I was working in corporate in my junior days, I did have a World Vision kid that the whole team was supposed to be helping sponsor and everyone was very enthusiastic about helping sponsor them until it became a little bit sort of boring and then I ended up sponsoring the kid the whole time after that so everyone was like yeah this is fun and then it sort of was no longer the flavor of the month and so I sort of continued that until that kid didn't need support anymore which is kind of cool but I didn't set up my business to be a charitable giving business or anything else I set up my business to provide value for customers and income for me my family and my staff and Uh, profitability to be able to grow the business in different arms to be able to add even more impact and value. And I also set up my business actually to give me an element of freedom that was impossible to have in the corporate world. Now, some people might challenge that to say, well, when you set up your own business, you actually are working longer and hard. Yeah, but it's your choice. And the result is I don't have to apply for leave. I can go anywhere whenever I want, be able to do stuff. I have that opportunity to say no to business to say, yes, I usually don't do that, but I have the opportunity to do that. But I didn't really set it up to be the giving part of the business. For me, giving was something that was, it was a good to do. But I always, there was always a part of me, which is giving is something that we ought to do and should do. But I guess it was like, we need to make the income first before we can give. But even then I just thought, well, I'm just going to do a little bit of giving anyway. 
And about 10 years ago, when the B1, G1 guys started, and I guess we'll talk about that a little bit later, I was there when they sort of kicked all of that off. And I was, in fact, I was in the same room as them and I was coming up, it was a sort of a business case workshop where they had their business case and I had a completely different business case. And the business case that I'd put forward for that had nothing to do with my business, but it was uh, something called Charity Matcher. And the idea was to create a portfolio of charities that you would invest in. And then a bunch of that money would go into actual investments that the dividends would then pay back into the charities nominated. So the charity would get a percent, then the investments would be growing and the dividends from that would be paying into the charity to create a more perpetual giving rather than this sort of one-off dump and it's gone subsistence giving or receiving from the charities. So that was kind of my idea, except for one thing. I didn't actually want to run it. I just thought that that's a really great idea, but it wasn't really in my heart to run it. It wasn't, the fire wasn't there for me to really do it. What I wanted to do was what I was good at, which was the speaking and on stage and everything else part. But what I did find that over the years, and I kind of let that go and I gave it to somebody else. If they want to do it, they can have it. I kind of let that go. In the course of me developing my business, I sort of had this giving part that started to happen where I started to connect a little bit more about what I was doing to how I could make a difference. Because I guess we want to make a difference. And it's almost like these concentric circles. We want to make a difference for us. We want to, first of all, get our business to a level of sustainability. Then we want to make an even greater impact. I think that would be a responsible way of looking at it. And how do we continue to make that happen? And, but the giving element is really certainly grown over the years and is certainly on the incline in my business. But I guess to cut that long story short to your key question, the thing was the fire was not in me to be a giving organization when I set this up. It was to provide for me and my family and to provide value to the customers as to what I could do and to own that from a freedom perspective. But my, that fire of giving has been growing and I like what it's been doing. Yeah. So lovely to hear the way that you've talked through that, because actually you've talked through, I think, what I, I mean, I can relate to a lot of what you've said. And I know that a lot of our listeners and people in the community will, too, in that it sounds like it does sound like giving was a part of who you were for whatever the reasons were. You talked earlier about just even volunteering when you were younger or the, the way that you sponsored that young person, even in your working career. So it was there. But like many others, we tend to think that the giving piece is something we might do more personally but not necessarily be something that we t- bring into the business. Yeah. And, and yet when Actually, we bring it together, yes, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say that the number one thing I wrestled with, with regards to bringing it into the business was the concept of telling everybody about our giving. And mm. I felt that there was a, a real element of sort of blowing your own trumpet that was unattractive. It was the opposite of humility. It was almost the opposite of what a spiritual giving would be asking somebody to do. And what I'm saying by that is you give because it's the right thing to do. And that is where your heart is. And not to go, hey, everybody, aren't I an awesome person because I'm giving. And I really struggled with advertising the fact that we were giving. And so actually on the foundation page, I do talk about why we're finally talking about our giving. And do you want me to just read some of that to you and explain it a little bit? Yeah, just, no, please do, please do. That'd be really good. Okay, great. So really, yeah, I came up with four reasons why we're publicly talking about our giving. And these are actually the the wade-foundation.org website and on the why page, if anyone really wants to have a look. But the four reasons were, we'd been giving for a little while, but even in the business and even using the mechanism that B1G1 has, for example, 
Uh, but any other mechanism or giving in any other way and doing any other charitable work. We also sponsor organizations, public, uh, institutes of public character here in Singapore as well, but we don't really market that too much either. But the four reasons that I came up with why we would talk about it and why, and this might be something that some of the people listening might also be struggling with is like, just do the giving, but don't talk about the giving. So then I resolve in a sense that my giving, I would frame it as marketing. And let me explain uh, why. So the four reasons why I started talking about the giving is, first of all, to help make a small difference. And that was the way I worded it was to bless others less fortunate than us with part of the blessings we receive and hopefully, hopefully make a small difference to motivate positive change in disadvantaged communities. So in other words, we give because we're hoping to make a small difference. Okay. Then the second one was to help our people feel great. And that was for our team to feel great about the additional positive difference that our work contributes to making. In other words, to motivate positive change in our people as well. And that was for them to be a little bit more involved in the giving, go through some of the projects and decide what we're doing. And then to really see that how them turning up to work and, and contributing and adding value really does make a difference for somebody else in the world, as well as just us and our business. The third point was to help inspire others. And that was to inspire other businesses and individuals to do the same and to show them a simple avenue like B1G1, for example, or whoever else they choose to go through that makes it easy through which they can do their giving, which means to motivate change in positive change, motivate positive change in other businesses as well. You might notice I'm saying motivate positive change a lot. That's kind of our slogan. So that's why I had it in all these reasons. And the fourth one was marketing. And that sounds like a dirty word sometimes, especially when we're talking about using giving as marketing, but it was for, it really was the way that I resolved it to say, well, I am going to tell people about it because it's, for marketing so that other companies choose to do business with us because they feel aligned with our giving actions or that they know that their decision to choose us will have a greater impact than the immediate reason for engaging us as well. And then, but that it was that reason that we didn't trumpet our charitable giving in the first place. It just felt somehow inauthentic, which is the whole, it might be the whole deal or challenge that people have with the whole concept of CSR anyway. It's just like, well, be it businesses are only doing CSR so that people think that they're good, but they don't really care. They're only doing that because if they don't do it, they may lose some market share. So they better do it and blah, 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 blah. That being the case, there might be a bunch of people in that business, even though maybe that was the motivation. There might be a bunch of people in that business that really do align with that. And it's really sparked that fire of giving in them. And it even though its initial reason may have been market-based or business-based or defensive-based from their business so that they don't lose market share, it can ultimately have a positive impact anyway as well. So then I just thought, well, I'm just going to say what it is. It is marketing. Now I do other giving. So I go to church, I do giving at church. I don't talk about how much giving I do there, but for this, I'm happy to talk about, well, this is the giving we do from the work that we do. Does that make sense? Totally. And what you describe, and it's actually one of the things I talk about in my book, because so many people feel awkward about sharing the giving that they're doing for the reasons that you said, that it almost doesn't feel right, that it's with the thoughts and feelings that should giving not be something that's unconditional. And as you're speaking there, and it's the first time I've actually had this thought, and I wonder if those of us who've come from the corporate world experience that in a slightly different way because we've seen what CSR was and, and quite often saw it being done bad, poorly where it was more of a tick box exercise that wasn't really embraced and we've maybe just not made the shift into yeah but our business especially with a small business is a reflection of us and to 
keep our values, to keep our desire to make a difference separate, it almost causes conflict when we keep it separate. And I also talk about the fact that actually causes need us to support them. They need us to be out there saying what we're doing so that because they need more that advocacy. And that for me, I think, was the thing that got me past that resistance was, well, actually, by me going out there and talking about, and actually, I'll always remember the moment. I can remember I was asked to go out to do some fundraising in New York for the charity that i done a lot of humanitarian work with in Rwanda. And I can, I can remember just thinking, oh my God, no, 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 I can't go to that event because it was quite a high profile event. And the woman organized, that ran the charity that is a good friend of mine now, she said, listen, it's for the children in Rwanda. And bang, I was mm. it, that shift just yeah. made me go, absolutely. This isn't about me, but to not, in the way that you said, to not tell people what we're doing. And of course, as soon as we do that, it becomes part of our branding. But actually, yep. it helps us maybe create a more a brand that's more aligned to who we really are the whole part of us does also help our potential customers our followers people in our community our suppliers come up with a measure of who we are as a brand and what we stand for and increasingly consumers and people that we partner with in business are looking to do business with brands who can demonstrate they care so yeah there's actually a, there's a bunch of evidence about that that's as right. well totally why people they, they almost want their purchasing dollar to have a greater impact beyond just the thing that they're purchasing. Yeah. Which yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I, it's an I, easy I thing to do. To that, even though, but yeah. Say that again, Tim. You had resistance to that I have, too. I have seen resistance to that. For example, okay. So one example is, as I was the president of the speaking association here in Singapore in 2010. And one of the things that I was talking about as I took on the presidency, it was I want to increase the, the members that we have, which makes sense. I want to increase the impact that we're able to have in the business community so that it's creating more work for the speakers. But at the same time, we want to be able to give back as an association, and that would be to give back some of the fees. So when people pay their membership fees, we would give to social enterprises that needed some help, and that would create a nice feeling in our organization, but at the same time, play it out to, you know, it'd be a good PR message really going out there to say, this is who these guys are and let's find some speakers through them. So that was kind of thing. But I got some resistance from the members going, well, well, no, we'll do our own CSR or our own giving. Thank you very much. Just reduce our membership fees by the amount that you were going to give out mm-hmm. to everybody. Mm-hmm. So then it became sort of very self-centered. It was just like, okay, well, that kind of stuck. But we ended up doing events and some of our members created these events and did amazing stuff. And we gave a lot of, did free events, you know, so our speakers came up and spoke for free. So they were happy to give their time and speak for free, but they weren't happy to give a few extra dollars for free. And I kind of, I understand that in one sense, and, but it's disappointing in another sense. And it goes back to, I think, to what you were talking about with regards to the experience that people had in corporate Mm -hmm. with CSR. And it's the same sort of thing. I mean, I've listened to conference calls from corporate CSR people, or they've just initiated some sort of CSR program. And on that conference call, they were going, guys, we're doing this and we're helping these guys. And, you know, you should all be really happy that we're doing this. So it was like, uh, we need to do CSI as a morale booster for our people. And also, um, you know, so that our people feel better about it. And we reduce attrition or something like that. The problem was they weren't dealing with the real issue why people had low morale or getting uh, upset or annoyed. And throwing in a CSI program as some sort of panacea to make people think that, you're a good organization where fundamentally you're doing stupid things or treating your people badly is not going to be the result. In fact, it ends up tainting CSR with a pretty bad brush. So the, what, you know, for example, you know, we're, we're about to give, you know, 
the, 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 some big corporate could say, we're about to give $2 million to this series of charities throughout the year. And the staff are going, well, that's great, but I didn't get my pay rise. Mm-hmm. So then they're getting annoyed. Then it's me versus the CSR program or why you're not taking care of your own people, but you want to be taking care of these other people to make yourself look good to the people that want to do business with you or tell a good story, but you're not really taking great care of your own people. So I think one of the things that people need to do is really be very, very aware of how their, their giving program actually starts within their own business. And if, that's, mm-hmm. if you're a one person business, then it's how is this resonating with you? If it's a few people in your business, how is it resonating with everybody else and how can you engage them and how can they be involved in it? Because otherwise it's really more about you doing it or it's marketing. And so if you really want it to ripple within the business and create this sort of shift, I guess, or engagement with the people in the business, they need to be involved in in some way, maybe choosing some of the programs. And what I like about some of the givings that are micro giving ones is that you can do it like every day you turn up to work, somebody's going to get fed somewhere else in the world. Who do you want that to be? Or, Or which thing resonates with you? And so then it aligns with their values, which actually going back to the speakers organization could have helped because the objection was possibly let us do our own giving because I don't know where you're going to give the money to and why I may not support that particular cause. However, if it had been engaged throughout the organization, whereas who do you want to give this to, that might have resonated and people gone, okay, that's cool. And then we could put it all together as a nice big story about we as, what we stand for as a community and what our values are. And the beauty of that is that links lo- fantastically well with SMEs or small medium enterprises where it is about a communication of their core values to the marketplace where their brand may be recognized, but their values are appreciated. And that's why I choose to do business with that, that SME or that one man show rather than the bigger, more established organization. Yeah, definitely. And what I, lo- what I think we're very fortunate when you're a small to medium sized business is that we have the agility to actually have it represent us or involve the staff quite easily. And to make that part of what we as a business overall stand for and to get that engagement. And what I hear in what you're saying is it's about alignment. No matter what size of business we are, it's about the alignment of our all our actions. Because as you said earlier on you know, in the conversation, there's no point in just doing good and having a giving program in one respect if actually the, we're doing other things in our business that conflict with that. So it actually yeah, is about true. this whole alignment and having a, a vision, an idea of how that wants to be. And it doesn't matter how big or small that is when we're starting out with this, but it's about, make, it, it's about that starting off point of saying, right, how, am I, how is this going to be reflected throughout my business? How is this congruent with my other business activities? And then how do I engage people? But then how do I communicate that outwards, outwardly, if you like? Yeah. And like you said, it's actually a lot easier for the smaller businesses to be able to do it because a big organization with multiple departments and multiple leaders with multiple personal values and may not be quite aligned with corporate values. One department or three departments may be aligned with this idea, but the others really aren't. And it comes down to a little bit of, of that particular leader going, look, I need to deliver on our KPIs and I need to be able to deliver on this. And yeah, this warm and fuzzy giving thing is great, but if I don't deliver this, then we're not going to hit our target. We're not going to get our bonuses. And all of that's more important than what you're talking about right now. I'm going to expend my resources on this and not what you're doing. Whereas in an SME or a small medium enterprise, or even a small group of 30 people or less, one, five people, you can sit down there with your team and you can just ask them this question. And the question is, 
you know, if we're going to do a giving, if we're going to incorporate giving into part of our values and how we do this in a business further and or do it even more, what do you guys think we should do? And how could we do this as a team that we really feel good about it, aligned to it, and that it's meaningful rather than just another bottom line expense? Yeah, you know? totally. So how do we do it? And let your people come up with the ideas. And that's where you, when you said we've got the agility as a smaller business, we've got the agility to change. Yeah, you can try something. If it really doesn't work or it fizzles out, shift and do something else for the giving side. It's very easy. It's not something you go, oh my gosh, if I do giving today, I have to do it for the rest of my life. But for me, I've noticed that fire of wanting to do it a little bit more growing. It's taken a long time, by the way, to grow. But it, like you said, it's been there, but uh, it's getting a little bit more about part of what we're doing and and what I'm talking about. Sometimes now we, when I'm on stage, I'm actually talking about the giving that them being in the room ends up causing and just thanking them for that. And then they go to the websites that I create for them after I've spoken. I give them some of these resources as well. By the way, I'm going to give some resources to people listening here too. So there'll be some stuff and you'll see how I do that on the webpage. Fantastic. And I will obviously be sharing all of that on the show notes as well as later on in the call. So no, thank you. Thank you very much for that. And by the so, way, I have no idea what I'm actually putting on that website at the moment. So uh, during the call, if I promise something, I'll have to write it down and remember to put it on the website. But what I do know from experience, Tim, is you're very good at actually implementing these things on the back end of your events. So I am trusting that that much. will happen. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm definitely okay with that. So I wonder, could you share, I mean, I know we've touched on the B1G1. Um, for some of our listeners, they will have heard me um, interviewing Masami, who is the first person I interviewed on the podcast. If, you've not, if you're one of the okay. listeners and you haven't listened in, go back to, I think it was episode two, because I did the first bit of chatting, if you like, in episode one. So just go back to episode two to hear Masami. Um, but yeah, would you like to just share how the different ways that you actually incorporate giving into your business and also you know touch on how you use b1g1 as part of that okay so i'll start with the b1g1 part because then it'll make sense so b1g1 for those of you who don't know you can just go to b1 like the letter b the number one g1 letter g number one it stands for buy one give one so b1g1.com and you can go there and you'll see a little bit about what b1g1 is don't worry about remembering that i can i'll put it as a link in in the little microsite that you're going to get at the end. But what these guys do pretty much is they change giving from a money game to an impact game, which I really like. And the reason is if we go out like that big corporate said, we're going to give $2 million to charity. And then everyone starts complaining about, well, I didn't get my salary and everything else. Actually, what they've done is what B1G1 done is they're saying, actually, it's not about the money so much. It's about the impact. Then some people will go, well, yeah, you give $100 to somebody, you know, some kid in Africa. And by the time it goes through all the corruption and everything else, you know, the kid only gets a dollar. But actually, if you go to Africa and see what $1 can do in a community, it is astonishing. So it's almost like in the corruption side, it's tough to see that money going away when you want 100 impacts or to happen where only one impact happens for that kid. But what the B1G1 guys do is they bypass some of those government channels or the corruption channels as best they can, and they get the funds directly to the social enterprise on the ground. The organization is also started up by, as a Masami and Paul started it, Paul is a very strong bank accounting background, and the B1G1 guys have a lot of accounting members, and for, I'm not an accountant, but they have a lot of accounting members, which is for good reason. First of all, Paul gets invited to speak at a lot of accounting events, but also the accounting guys appreciate the rigor 
that the B1G1 guys go through to make sure that the charity is legitimate and that its books are in order from the accounting perspective. And in particular, that their books are so in order that they can itemize how much particular parts of their operation are costing down to really small details. And what, what I mean by that is, let's say there's an organization that does surgery, cataract surgery on people's eyes. Well, obviously, you know, do cataract <laughs> surgery on somebody's elbow. <laughs> cataract surgery on people's eyes for kids or adults or whatever it is. I mean, some kids get it too, so, or some sort of eye surgery. And they're able to tell you that the lens that they put in costs 30 cents. The surgery itself in this impoverished part of the world might cost $350, but the lens itself might only cost 30 cents. So they're able to go down to that level of accounting rigor to be able to say, well, that's how much this costs. And then what the B1G1 guys have done and this is not all across all the cases, but for cases like this particular one, is they've said, what if one of our guys wants to sponsor the lens? And so if they sent through $30, that's effectively, what is that, 100 lenses? If it's 30 cents a lens, so that's like 100 lenses. That means 100 people got their sight back. That's 100 impacts that have just been made. And so then the story is, by buying our pair of glasses in our spectacles in our optometry store, You've also given sight to 20 kids in, or whatever it is, maybe they buy one pair of glasses and you've also given sight to a child in need in Indonesia. And the, the organization I'm talking about with, that does that is the John Fawcett Foundation, which is one of the, the people that was on the B1G1 campaigns and groups and stuff there. So that was one of the ones you could do, or you can give access to a toilet to a family in Malawi. I tend to, I don't know what it is, but I do give a lot of toilets. It's a bit strange, but I do give toilets. I, do, I give toilets and education. Education is a lot more aligned with my business. Toilet is, well, I can tell the toilet story a little bit later. But, <laughs> but anyway, so the idea with B1G1 is that they're able to convert, to go, hey, ladies and gentlemen, we gave $100. People are just like, who gives a crap? But if you go, ladies and gentlemen, we gave 100 people eyesight, then everybody just goes, Wow, that's amazing. And it links to their business in some particular way. So B1G1 have created the story that makes giving and the impacts of that giving very marketable, real, and connecting, actually. It connects people emotionally to the business that's talking about that particular story. And so when you're able to say, thanks to our customers like you, we're able to give this and this and this and this. It makes people want to buy from them. It's one of the laws of Cialdini talked about these six laws of influence. And one of them yes. is the law of reciprocity. And the law of reciprocity is about giving a little bit first, regardless of if anybody buys, but because people are seeing that, they just feel this sort of social equity imbalance where they want to give something back to you because they just feel that that was good. It's like somebody coming up to you and giving you a birthday present at work. You'll pretty much remember or go and find out when their birthday is so that you can sort of give that back to them. It certainly builds a relationship, which it does with the business as well. It certainly makes people want to also give back, but you're giving the birthday present not to get back. You're giving the birthday present because it's a good thing and a nice thing to do. It does build the relationship. It does build social equity. It does build influence because people do want to do stuff for you. And it does create business. I mean, it does create a story, a buzz that goes out there. They go, Oh, these guys are doing this. Who would you recommend? I'd recommend them. Why? 
well, all optometrists seem to be the same. If you've got a reasonable optometrist, well, that's not true if you're an optometrist. You listen to me, they go, no, they're not the same. But you can go out there and have your, basically get your eyes tested. You want a nice lens and a nice frame that doesn't cost a gazillion dollars. And if you get that, that's great. So why would you go to one versus the other or one of them every time you buy the, the, the glasses from them or get your eyes tested or get your lenses or whatever it is, somebody else is something's happening in their world. That just creates a dinner time story that people go, I want to do business with them. And that's where, where your giving does really actually translate into bottom line profit. Although I guess it's nice that your thing is called give to profit, but that's where that happens. Although your heart needs to be in the right place about it. It's not giving necessarily to get it's giving because you feel that this is a good thing to do. And this is really what we stand for as a business. And then you become profitable accidentally. That's exactly where I am with it. It's got to be that complete heart desire because people will see through. We're all pretty good at actually seeing through individuals or businesses that are just trying to do things for the wrong reasons. Most of us can tell that. And I don't know about your experience, but my experience has definitely been when you do give from that place of like love, kindness and compassion in your heart, you develop much stronger connections. Not only are you attracting and retaining people that you want to connect with in your business, in your community, in terms of customers or or Mm -hmm. partners or just people to spend time with and have conversations with. But actually, it's happening because of that heart connection. And in terms of, I love to, you're giving the example with the cataracts. I quite often when I'm speaking, I stand up and do, because there is lots and lots of research out there that now does show that businesses who give, if you focus on impact, whether or not it's charitable giving or, or other ways we can have impact through a business, that actually focusing on impact will actually increase profits. And I do this example when I'm speaking, where I stand up and I say, but I do it with coffee shop, with going and get a choosing which coffee shop to go to? Is it the one where you go to the business that exploits, that doesn't treat their staff well, exploits yeah. the community, um, that has no ethics around how they source things? The things that are, are definitely important to consumers. Or you can buy just as good a cup of coffee from the group of, from another coffee shop that does it all really well, really engages with their staff. They're giving, that they're supporting the community in many different ways or, or other places in the world in different ways. Which one would you go to? And nearly everybody puts their hands up for the one with social impact. And a lot of the research out there shows that it's all about the millennials and the younger generation. It's exactly the same. Yeah. I've done the same talk for, to the Rotary. <laughs> and you get the same yeah. kind of response. And this is what we're, when it's done authentically, in the way that you're talking about, what a massive difference. And so I agree with you. B1G1 is a phenomenal way to enables us, doesn't it, to incorporate giving in so many different ways, not just when we sell something. But for instance, even when we're having this conversation, there will be a, it's a young um, child in Nepal will get a meal because we're having this conversation. Or we can incorporate it into so many different aspects of your business. I'll give him a toilet. You'll give away a toilet. Fabulous. Well, if he's he's having a meal, he'll need a toilet. (laughs) He'll need a toilet. These are really important things. And so, I mean, how has incorporating giving through especially using because you've done so much with b1g1 i think now i went on to your site it's been over one thousand in fact i can tell you the figure as of when i looked earlier on today one million three hundred ninety two thousand one hundred and eighty eight impacts <laughs> that yeah. is phenomenal um there's obviously a massive ripple of impact that's happened because of what you've been doing through your business how would you say that has changed things for the people within your business you've talked about how it's increased your fire how has it changed things for your people or your business? 
Okay. I think my people, the people in the business, I have a lot of virtual people working in my business. So the ripple to them is more, they like the values that are in the business. They appreciate that part of it. I think the bigger ripple is probably with the customers and the, for my family side and that circle, it's a nice conversation to also talk about as well. But when I'm talking with, now I actually started this slightly different, but when I'm talking with customers, I don't usually bring up that we do giving when I'm talking to them before an event. Mm -hmm. uh, that was how I began it. So I wouldn't really, I would talk about the event and had nothing to do with the giving part. Now there was two reasons for that. One reason was I have Wade Foundation, but I'm very careful from the legalities of having a foundation that it is not a social enterprise that is raising money to give to these things. That's not what we're about. We're a business who just happens to give because we can and because we want to. And that's really important. I'm not going out there to raise money for these things. Because if I do that, I then have to go down a whole different legislative arm of reporting and everything else from a charitable giving perspective and register my business under Charities Acts and everything else and whatever it is. I don't know where, depending on what country the person's in, they might need to work out whether or not having foundation or .org or anything else is that. So when you go to my foundation page, the very first thing it says that on the slider image is we don't raise money. We, this is simply what we give. We do this because we can and because we want to. And that's important depending on the conversation. So there was one event that I did recently. Well, let me just take a step back. So when I go there and I have the conversation about the gig and I'm going to go out and present to a thousand people or, or 300 people, 200 or 20 or whatever it is, I will go there and do it. And during my speech, as I'm talking to them and, and towards the end, I'll go, hey, by the way, because you guys are here, this is what we're doing. And that, by the way, is like, oh, it's like a little wow factor that comes into the thing going, oh, that's pretty cool. And if you want to know more about that, you can check out the website that I've created for this specific event. And then they go to the website where I download, they get to download all the resources. My slides sometimes are like 50 megabytes and I compress them into PDFs and everything else, but it's just not something to send to the organizer to send out to a thousand people over email. It's better that they go to the site. The second thing is from my business perspective, if they go into that site, I'm capturing their details. Now, well, I'm, I'm giving them an opportunity to register on my email address thing and my lead capture, <laughs> email address thing, my lead capture. And so, so people want some extra stuff, they can then start going into my community of people that I connect with and share a little bit more about what I do and some of the resources that we keep making and that might be able to help them and their teams. So we create a bunch of videos and stuff like that that can do that too. So the giving then becomes a, a feel good. That was cool. And also I've, in a recent event I did for an accounting organization, ICAEW, which is the England and Wales one, but they're global, out here in Singapore, what I asked everybody to do, I was going to get them to write some stuff down and send it back to me, give it to me. And so I gave them, everybody had a card. And I said, well, the first thing I want you to do is write on the top corner of the card, the number one, two, or three, depending on which one of these three charities you would most align with. So I actually incorporated, I don't always do this, but I like the idea of it. And I'm more likely to incorporate it more now is because I wanted them to write down some feedback to a question that I was then going to collate and send back to everybody uh, to say, this is what everybody said about these questions and some ways to resolve a particular challenge or some ways to do this so that we're leveraging the collective wisdom of the two or 300 or a thousand, whatever it is, people in the room 
And as a result of being in that thing, it's not just one guy talking from the stage, sharing some ideas. It's a thousand people sharing an idea with everybody else so that we end up with a heck of a lot more impact of the value of the talk to everybody in the room. But yeah. everybody who fills out that card, and when I get the card, it will also make an impact to somebody else in the world. So I think for that one, I had, well, I thought, well, they're accountants, so I would choose give bookkeeping skills to a woman in Malawi, I think was one of them. And another one was education in Nepal. And another one, I can't remember what the third one was. What ended up coming out of that was, first of all, they didn't all support the bookkeeper like I thought they would. They actually mainly supported the, they're all like said, I was thinking everyone's going to support the bookkeeper and they're all shaking their heads. And I was like, oh, okay. But they mainly supported the one that was closer to Singapore, which is the one in Nepal. And, and so I thought, okay, well, that's useful information to have maybe. But the point was that as a result of that, the giving happened. And now I can report back going, here's all the information you shared that the thousand people in the room had these ideas and here's some stuff, do with it as you will. But it also gives me some questions that I can then answer with follow-ups to go, by the way, 200 people said this, here's some research about this and here's this and here's what I think. And one of the things I do in my training is that, and here's a video on it. It's adding even more value to create even more value for that particular community. But also in there is the giving that we did as a result of that. Plus anybody who signs up to our email list, we then do some giving as well. It's just one of those things that we do. So the idea, I guess, was how is it rippling out in my business? The other way to use this, which is really quite cool, is you you go in and you have your client conversation, you deliver the work, whatever that work was, and the client's happy. Maybe you're a gardener and you have a conversation and you go in and you do their landscaping and you, you finish it off and they're happy. And maybe they don't engage you to do ongoing work. They're happy with that one off or your builder and you do the waterproofing or whatever it is. You've solved their problem. So what reason do you have to really connect with them again in a month's time? And wouldn't it be interesting to go, hey, by the way, I just wanted to let you know, thanks for bringing us in to do that gardening stuff like that. One of the things we do is we do this giving for every charity. Could you just let me know which one of these three? Or you can just say, we gave to these guys. But if you want to get them involved, say, which one of these three would you like our giving to go to? It doesn't cost you anything. It's just what we do to say part of our give back and what we do, one of our values here is the business to create even you know, greater impact than everything else. And then they send it back. Now you've engaged your former customer. And they go, hey, thanks for that. We've given the giving. Here's the picture of the giving that we gave. And thanks for making that happen. By the way, do you know anybody else that might need some landscaping? Mm -hmm. So then now there's been a little bit of social equity and you can use it as part of your, or you don't even say that. You just say, thank you. And you shoot that back to them. But it gives you a reason to contact them a month or six weeks or whatever it is, however you feel like after the event. And it creates a momentum of relationship and a reason to connect because you're not going to go back to them and go, well, do you want me to landscape it again? Because that was only a month ago. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> and, it's, but, you know, and I think one of the things that, that it does do as well is, I, God, I don't know how many thousands of people I've helped set up in business. And one of the biggest things that they find difficult is how do you differentiate yourself from somebody else who does exactly the same? Because no matter uh-huh. what all the different reasons, especially if you're doing something which is something like landscaping building or something that people get that is part of everyday life for a lot of people and if you have if you connect to a particular cause particularly if it's something that is meaningful to you and you then share it it just makes you stand out because again of what you stand for what that story is and you will find people will just connect to that or not but it polarizes And I think that's what, and it helps you form those deeper connections. So Tim, I can't believe we've had just the most amazing conversation here. You have shared so much. I could just talk 
tea for hours as we did over dinner after the conference. But I probably need to wrap up this episode. We might have to get you back on another time. If there was one last thing that you could share with our listeners in terms of um, either in terms of tips for how they can incorporate giving into their business or just an inspiring message about how incorporating giving has changed things for you, what would it be? I think if I wanted to just touch on one thing, and I think that resonates with this final question, some people aren't viewing giving as the heart and getting their heart into it and getting their, that sort of spiritual element into it and anything else like that. They're not, they might be listening because they like the profit idea of the title give to profit. And so how do we make, if I don't really have that hearty feeling about giving, how do I still incorporate giving? And I think make it fun, make it interesting, be curious about it. How could this work? How could we use this as an additional tool to reach out to people? How could we differentiate? How can I get my people involved? I mean, asking these questions about how can I use this as a leverage tool that just happens to be good? And how can I use that in my business to do something and just see what it does? The challenge is sometimes that it may not be if I do this, then that will be the result. But what you'll probably find is that the conversations that you have and the act of of doing it and the act of talking about it, and you might be genuine about it when you talk about it, but it might come out incorrectly when you talk about it to that guy. And then you sort of refine it a little bit and go, well, actually, this is really what it is. And when I talked about struggling about my message on the website, it really was me refining my thinking about it. And the only way you're going to really get to refine your thinking about it is if you do it. Because thinking about it is not really going to refine your thinking. The starting to do it is going to refine your thinking. And the thing is, it might cost you a gigantic $10 a month to do it. It might cost you something like that. Oh, actually, let me just say one last thing. I'm trying to wrap up here. But when I was talking about the B1G1 thing, there is a cost to being in the B1G1 world. And they run it. So when you give $100 to go to some charity somewhere, the whole $100 goes to the charity. So if that was the way that they were running their business, eventually they would be out of business. They can't do that. But what they do is they get, they, you, are, you end up being a member of B1G1. So you can find other ones if you want to just give directly through this other mob. They'll usually take administration fee. The B1G1 guys don't take an administration fee, but you do have a membership fee. But the value of that membership community means that you get to have conversations like this one. The only reason why we're having this conversation is we were part of the same community. The reason why we were having those conferences and we were starting to get ideas from all these other people who are really sharing ideas about how to grow your business and ideas about them talking about this was to be in that community as well. So think about it this way, is that you might be joining something like B1G1 to be a member of their community. And by the way, all the giving mechanisms that they give you are free and don't cost you anything. And all your giving does this. It's a fantastic tool in community there as well. But then how do I make that fun in my business? So there was a bunch of questions that I just reeled off before that I think are really useful ones for you to, if that's something that you're thinking about doing is to do it. But if you want to check out what B1G1 is, I'll put it on the website and I'll send Alison the link and she can send it out to everybody else, but it'll be a tin.sg website. Yeah, no, fantastic. No, that's brilliant. I I don't even know if I answered your question. You've answered it in a couple of different ways. What I guess I'm taking from what you've just said, (laughs) one of the things I'm taking is, 
no matter where the starting off point is, because I think you've picked up on something really important. A lot of people that will be listening to this will just be motivated to make a difference and be wanting to give, but there might be some people who are just more curious and are not feeling quite so pulled in from the heart perspective, as we talked about earlier yeah. on. And what I heard in what you said is to embrace, be curious and embrace giving with good intention while being unattached to the outcome. So it is about doing it, trying it, yeah. things that having fun, but not being attached to the has to be a profit, but being curious yeah. about what that journey is going to be and see what starts to happen, both internally for you as a human being, but actually also in terms of what happens with the business and your connections with your community, your customers, your stakeholders. Yeah. I mean, and if I was to then come up with a clever final sentence, it would be, what is the story of your business's reason to be and how can giving be a really cool by the way statement at the end of that? So we exist to do this and this and this and this. And by the way, we do that. And then it's just like, wow, I really, I want to do business with them. Yeah. Brilliant. Beautiful. A lovely thing to end on. So I know you've mentioned a couple of times you're going to be pulling a page together. Do you know the title of, I know you've given me the link for that. Do you know that off your head for anybody that might not be like at the computer and things and might just want to take a note of that? So the website is www.tim.sg slash give the number two profit. So give to profit 1711. Fabulous. Brilliant. And yeah. obviously, do you have handles on Twitter and things on Facebook? that you want to share here too, yeah. which again will be in the show notes, but just if you want to share that. Well, Twitter would be hashtag or at ask Tim Wade, A-S-K, ask as in ask a question, Tim Wade, my name. And the Facebook one is tim.wade.speaker. Fabulous, which brilliant. Which be my uh, businessy one. But yeah, I'll put all of that stuff in that little website as well. So tim.sg slash give to profit 1711. Fantastic. That would be the one. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for your time today, Tim. It's, it's been brilliant speaking to you. I've really enjoyed it as always. And I know that our listeners are going to get so much from this conversation. Thank you. Uh, thanks Alison, for having me on the, on the call. It's been awesome. Brilliant. Thank you. And I'm absolutely sure that our listeners will have enjoyed this too. So thanks to you for tuning in to this episode. Remember to check out givetoprofit.com or alison.com for the full show notes, including a link to that site that Tim's been mentioning through the conversation, plus details of how to contact either or be in touch with either of us. Until next time, remember, business is a great opportunity to be kind. Thanks for listening to the Give to Profit podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe to the show on iTunes so you hear about our next episodes. It would be great if you left a rating and review of the show there too. For every review this month, Alison will be sponsoring a child to go to school for a day in Cambodia. You can connect and chat with Alison on Twitter using the handle at Alison Mac and through the Give to Profit Facebook fan page. And if you don't already have a copy of Alison's best-selling book, Give to Profit, How to Grow Your Business by Supporting Charities and Social Causes, you can get this on Amazon around the world.